You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode number six of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott, and I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. The goal of this podcast, if you're just tuning in, is for leaders to be encouraged and challenged in their leadership wherever God has them leading. If you come across this podcast and you have not listened to the first few episodes, we encourage you, push pause, maybe go listen to the first one to hear Vance's story and why we're doing this podcast in the first place, and then uh, catch up through the rest of the episodes to, to this point. So today we're going to jump into some more incredible content on life and leadership. And of course, I am here with the man of the hour, Pastor Vance Pittman. Vance, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. The Golden Knights are in the playoffs. It's all good. Amen. Amen. Game uh, one of round two today. Hopefully by the time this releases, we're in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Or that would be incredible. Stanley Cup finals. Um, now this podcast for the you listeners is intended for leaders all over the place, wherever God has you leading in the church, in the marketplace, at home, uh, in many other environments. But we do want to let you know much of the content today is going to be geared towards, like we said, all leaders. But there are several of the content points that Vance will be talking about here in just a minute that are geared a bit more towards those of us who are in ministry leadership. This, of course, will have application in other areas of leadership. But just a note in the beginning, um, there is going to be some content specifically for ministry leaders because um, we got some great, great content for you in, in any area of leadership, but specifically for pastors in this episode. But Vance, explain to our leaders and our listeners where the content for this month's podcast really was born from. Yeah, it really came, Scott, out of two Two things. Number one, on a national level in recent days, there have been a number of high-profile uh, pastors, ministry leaders that have been accused of misconduct, inappropriate behavior, and stepped away from ministry as a result of that. And then also in my own life personally, I've had a couple of friends recently who have stepped away from ministry due to some moral situations in their lives or some personal health issues. And in response to that, um, I was just burdened about it one day. I was sitting in an airport and uh, just kind of was thinking on these things. And so I just shot out a tweet that said, accountability in leadership matters for your sake, for your family's sake, for your organization's sake, and most of all, for the sake of God's glory. And was just thinking about, man, we just all need good accountability. So I shot this tweet out, and within a matter of minutes, uh, a friend of mine that uh, follows me on Twitter just hit me up on Twitter and said, have, have you got any accountability tips for pastors? And so sitting in an airport, I just, thinking through this randomly, just shot out 10 or 11 accountability tips for pastors or ministry leaders and then Lifeway saw it, and their Facts and Trends uh, website picked it up, and they did an article and produced it. And so after seeing the response to these 11 tips and this, these thoughts about accountability, you and I were talking and just thought, man, it'd be great to have this conversation right now as it pertains to leadership on the podcast. 
Yeah, so much good content. As Pastor Vance said uh, today, the goal is to take these 11 tips for accountability for leaders and just go by one by one and just have Pastor Vance just give some insight to those. So we'll jump right in. I will read the tip and he'll give some, he'll hang some meat on on the bone for, uh, for our leaders today. So the first one, give someone other than yourself passwords to all email, phone, and social media accounts. This is huge for accountability. Why? Well, it's a big deal because um, usually what, what brings us down morally in the big failures of our lives doesn't start with big moral failures. It starts with really small conversations. It starts with nuanced words. Um, and the danger of email, texting, social media is there's so much that you can do and nobody else, you think at least, is aware or knows what's going on. And so as it pertains to social media and texting and email, I've just made it a practice to have a couple of people on our staff team. My assistant is one. And then, Scott, you have all of my social media account passwords. Uh, Travis has those on our team, our executive pastor. And, and what that does is it provides a layer of accountability. I know that at any given moment, anybody that has those passwords, uh, my wife has those passwords, has access to go into the message centers, to the text messages, to my emails. And it's a layer of accountability so that um, even that aspect of my life that can be considered private and personal, I'm inviting somebody else to look at those things. And it's just another layer of accountability. Yeah, I agree. There's a, there's a lot of great with social media, one of the things that we've seen as it's kind of taken rise over the last several years is reconnection with people that you used to be connected with, maybe back in high school and college. And that's where a lot of times um, I've, I've, I've read stories and seen where people get connected. And at first it's a, hi, how are you? Good to catch up. And then, you know, the enemy gets in there and it causes some real damage within the family. So that is solid content there. Give yeah, someone no, your passwords. Scott, no, no Christian leader, be it a pastor or anybody else, wakes up one day and says, you know what I want to do? I want to have a moral failure. I want to I collapse my life morally. But it's one little decision at a time that adds up over time and leads us to a place of moral collapse and failure. And so this is a step to put some safeguards and boundaries in place, not trying to be super legalistic, but the scripture says that we're to guard our heart above all else, meaning that I'm to above everything else, do what I can to protect and guard the integrity of my heart. And this is a way to do that. Awesome, so number one, give someone other than yourself your passwords. Number two, we've talked about this one on the podcast before, but number two is always seek counsel when making decisions. Why is this important, Vance? Yeah, Scott, we talked about this in great detail in episode three. So if you haven't listened to episode three yet, go there and you can hear it in more detail. And I won't spend much time on it because we did. But the bottom line with this is my perspective is always limited. My input is never enough. And my flesh is always deceitful. So for that reason, I need to always seek counsel. And it's one thing for me as a leader to make sure that all the people around me are seeking counsel and making wise decisions, but it's something else for me to live that out myself. So as a pastor, as the lead pastor on our team, it's still imperative that I seek input from others 
if I'm going to make the best and most wise decisions. For example, this week in um, the sermon that I'm preparing for our church, there's some sensitive language in the sermon for this weekend. So I've already shot that past a couple of people on our team to get some input to make sure that the way I'm reading this, the way I'm saying this is the right way. So if we're going to hold ourselves accountable, then we need to make sure we're getting counsel. Before you send that tweet, before you shoot off that email, get some input to make sure that you're saying it the right way and coming across in the right tone. Awesome. Let's move on to number three. Number three is never travel alone. I've seen you model this as long as I've been on staff at Hope. Talk to us about this idea of never traveling alone. Yeah, this really started for me in 2007. Uh, my best friend at the time and a co-pastor that had planted with me here in Las Vegas uh, experienced a moral failure in his own life. And um, God, by His grace, has done a work of restoration in his marriage and his life, and he is today restored. Um, but it was a very serious collapse, and it caused me to wake up and go, wait a minute, this just doesn't happen to other people. This happens to people in my life. This could happen to me. And so out of that season, I put some of these initial accountability steps in place, and this was one of them. Never travel alone. I, I, I do a lot of travel. Uh, I'm on the road somewhere between 60 and 80 nights a year, and I realized uh, that I'm one hotel hallway away from ruining everything God's done in my life. One hotel hallway away from destroying a testimony. What God has built in your life for years and years and years, you can destroy in a matter of moments with one bad decision. And in, in hotels, you can, you know, there's television, there's pay-per-view movies, there's all this stuff. And so just the ability to know that somebody's with me. And it's not only been good accountability for me, it's let me be a better disciple maker. I've taken my children with me on trips at times. I take members of our staff team with me. And it gives me an opportunity to pour into them and let them see more of how God's using my life and our church and the ministry here in Las Vegas to impact the world. Awesome. So number three, never travel alone. Moving right along, number four, be in a small group. Vance, why is it so vital for leaders to be in community? I think it's important that all of us have people that we're doing life with. Um, it's easy to put up the facade when there's not some people that are doing life with you. And I also think, and I've said this before in previous podcasts, you cannot lead what you do not live long term. And this principle of being in a small group is something we try to lead in our church. And I can't lead that if I'm not living that. And so there are things that surface in your life relationally as you're just doing life in a group that you don't get doing life in isolation from other believers. This principle of small groups is in there for a reason in Scripture. And just because you're a pastor or in leadership uh, in some organization doesn't mean you're above that and you don't need that. Only the those not in leadership need to be in a small group. No, we all need that in our life. That's awesome. Number four, be in a small group. Number five, have someone who does life with you regularly ask you hard questions about your devotion to Jesus and your family. This is so crucial for accountability. Explain why to our leaders. 
Yeah, I think we should have people in our life that know us and are willing to ask us the hard questions. And it's important that they know us because they need to know when we're lying. <laughs> because the natural tendency of my flesh is in those situations to want to put my best foot forward. And they need to be able to call it out. When they see me saying it in such a way that they know that I'm covering up, they, they need to be able to call it out in my life. So I need somebody that's doing life with me. And here's, here's where one of, the, one of the applications that's really for pastors. There's a current movement in pastors today where they have accountability, but they put together this board of accountability that doesn't live where they live. It's some other pastors out of state. And listen, it's easy to lie and deceive people over a telephone who aren't involved in your life. I have two people. Uh, our executive pastor, he and I meet every week. And then I have a man in our church that I've been meeting with uh, monthly for about 13 years. And every time we meet, we just met uh, Monday of this week. He asked me about my relationship with my wife, the time I'm spending with her. He asked me about my relationship with my kids, the time I'm spending with them. Um, they asked me about my walk with Jesus, uh, my uh, purity, how I'm doing in areas of struggle. Every one of us needs people who know us well enough to know when we're lying, and they know us well enough to know our weaknesses and struggles and know what questions to ask, and they need to be invited to ask those questions in our lives. Yeah, I think that's the, that last part you said is crucial because if you haven't given the invitation, it can be very intimidating for those people to look to the senior leader and ask those hard questions, but to give them the authority and the in invitation to, man, I want you to challenge me. I want you to ask me those hard questions because I need it. In a sense, you're not untouchable, and I think that's huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually asking them to help to protect me, my family, and the ministry that God has entrusted to us, and they recognize that, and they own that ministry, and it's such a great blessing in my life personally. That's awesome. I think this one may be kind of a news flash for people, this next one. But number six, have all email go through your administrative assistant. Yeah, I have uh, my email address so that it, my administrative assistant sees every email that comes into my office. And the reason for that is because, um, again, that same principle we talked about earlier with passwords for texting and social media, um, the same principle applies here. You can begin a conversationship with somebody via email. And I just want to make sure that somebody's always putting eyes on every one of those conversations in my life. Um, there's a principle in Scripture about being above reproach. And I'll talk about this again in just a minute. But this idea of above reproach, above reproach in the Greek language is a compound word that comes from two words, and it means the word without and the word to seize or grab. And so what to be above reproach means, means that I'm living my life in such a way that there's nothing anyone can grab a hold of and bring an accusation legitimately. Now, I understand, somebody wants to bring an accusation, they can always bring an accusation. But a legitimate accusation is different. And so what I want to be sure that I'm doing on this principle of email is in all my communication, both in and out, I want to make sure that I'm above reproach, that with my tone, with my tenor, with my words, um, I'm being consistent and I'm honoring Jesus and the position that he's given me. That's awesome. So we're about halfway through, and you may be thinking, 
man, this seems really harsh. This seems maybe really legalistic. But again, I want to remind you, this isn't legalism. This is wisdom. We're, we're halfway through of some great, great things that if you were to apply to your life as a leader, there would be a, lev- a level and a layer of accountability in your life that is wise. So we'll continue to move on with that with number And Scott, before you do, let me just add this to what you just said, because what you just said is true. But here's the thing about accountability. It's unique to everybody. What I'm sharing with you today are 11 steps of accountability I've put in place in my life based on the weaknesses and struggles of my own flesh. You're going to have a different flesh than I've got, and somebody else is going to have a different. So we all have areas of weakness and struggle, and you need to identify steps of accountability that apply to who you are. So don't take my 11 and just drop them down into your life because it may not address the issues that you struggle with. Some of these will, some of these won't. And some of these, I know probably some pastors listen to this going, man, it'd be great if I had an administrative assistant. I don't even have one. So some of these you're gonna have to take and contextualize, figure out some ways to make this work in your situation. and, but, but again, it's about you being sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God and you figuring out the wise ways to put some boundaries and guardrails in your life. That's solid. So let's move on. Number seven, regularly check your work-life balance. Talk to us about why this idea of work-life balance is really crucial. Yeah, about 10 years into planting at Hope, I hit a collapse. Um, I spent eight days in the bed, didn't wake up. Wife would bring food. I wouldn't eat it. And I had to really reorg my life because I'd not done a good job of maintaining an effective work-life balance. Uh, And so since then, I've put some accountability in place to regularly check. I've got um, my assistant again, my executive pastor, and then this other gentleman in my life in our church, and then my wife. And we always revisit this issue of work-life balance. And if, if you're listening to this and you're not sure If your work-life balance is right, ask your spouse. They'll be able to tell you. Uh, They'll give you an honest answer. And listen, listen to what it is they have to say. That's good. That's awesome. Number number eight, don't counsel the opposite sex alone. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think uh, counseling ministry is obviously biblical and it's needed where you're bringing biblical application into people's lives. The danger of counseling is they're usually very emotionally charged, um, vulnerable situations where people are being super transparent and emotional bonds can build quickly. And so what I've tried to do is, it's not that I won't meet with someone of the opposite sex, but if I'm going to, I'll invite their small group leader to join us because sometimes for people, the hardest part of getting biblical counsel is that initial dumping out of the situation. And if they do that with you and then you want to set them up with somebody else, now they have to do this a second time. But if when, if you've invited into the room, the person that's going to be walking with them, then once they dump that information out the first time, it's on the table. So I invite their small group leader to join us. If they're not in a small group, then I invite a leader who can connect with them afterwards for some ongoing uh, walking with them and doing life with them. And I just had this happen last week. We had a lady in our fellowship that um, wanted some counsel about a situation in her marriage. She wasn't connected in a small group. 
So I had another lady in our fellowship that's godly, that walks with women that are struggling through marriage crisis. And I asked the permission of this person wanting counseling, can I have her join us? And she was great with that. And so the three of us met together and now she's connected with this lady who's gonna walk with her through the decisions that are in front of her. So that's, that's the way I use that principle of accountability. That's good, and the next one kind of goes in tandem with that. Number nine, don't do ongoing counseling with the opposite sex. Yes, uh, and this is again, for me personally, uh, you gotta decide for you biblically where you draw these lines, but when it's talking about counseling of the opposite sex, I'll meet with someone of the opposite sex one time, but because of what I just said, my goal is to get them connected to another female who can walk with them and do life with them and more, more often than not, infinitely better than I could anyway. Sometimes the false narrative is that the pastor has the best answer, he has the right answer. And to be completely honest, many times there are godly women in our church who have more experience, more understanding, more insight into some of those situations than I could ever have. And so I'm not passing them off. I'm actually helping them by getting them connected to somebody who can do life with them and understand better. Yeah, that's great. Number 10, involve your wife when hiring your administrative assistant. This is often overlooked in leadership. Explain to us why this is important. Yeah, as a last step for me with in the hiring process of my administrative assistant, I bring my wife in and we have a meeting together. And the bottom line is um, God has wired our wives with the unique sensitivity to potential danger. There are times when uh, a, a lady in our church or out will approach and say some flattering word about a sermon or about our church. And you, I don't hear anything at all. And my wife's antennas and radars go up because she hears something that I don't hear. And this is a part of seeking counsel. I want my wife's counsel in hiring an administrative assistant. And so we make that final decision together. And I give her the absolute veto authority, no questions asked. And it's been for 20 plus years, 28 years of ministry, it's been a great practice in my life. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, last but not least, definitely something more in line for, for pastoral leaders, never handle money. Yeah, I've just um, found that this is one of those areas where I wanna be what I talked about earlier, above reproach. I don't want there to be any even thought that someone could grab a hold of as it pertains to the pastor and financial leadership in the church. So at our church, I can't sign a check. Uh, if someone walks up to me and hands me a check on Sunday, I don't take the check. I walk them to an usher or I walk them to an offering bin and have them drop it in there. Um, I just think for the sake of financial integrity, it's imperative that we make sure that we have good systems in place. And for me, one of them is I just don't handle money. I don't sign checks. That's awesome. Again, accountability and leadership matters. Pastor Vance said this in the beginning, for your sake, for your family's sake, for your organization's sake, and most of all, for the sake of God's glory. Before we sign off today, Vance, do you have any closing thoughts for our leaders? 
Just to say, regardless of where you are as a Christian leader, integrity and accountability matters. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor, business leader, school teacher, whatever you do as a leader, integrity and accountability matters because we have a mission and the mission is to make Christ known in the world. And one of the ways they're going to hear the gospel is through the authenticity of your life. Your lifestyle and leadership will become a platform that opens doors for gospel conversations to take place. And if you don't have integrity, and if you don't guard that integrity with accountability, it will inhibit your ability to be faithful to the mission that God's called you to, which ultimately affects the glory and honor of God in the world. So this is a major issue that all of us need to approach with humility. Uh, this is not in any way meant to throw stones at anybody who's been in the news. Um, listen, I know in my own life, apart from the grace of God, I'm capable of any failure under heaven. And with His wisdom, I've tried to put some of these accountability practices in place to guard my own heart. Yeah, man, I just want to say, on behalf of me, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to you unpack these 11 principles and I've seen you model them for, for over 10 years. Our church has seen you model them. Uh, you're not perfect, but these are ways that you have put in place just to, to stay above reproach. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing it with our leaders. And uh, if you um, if you have people in your life that you maybe want to listen to this with, uh, this is some solid content. We went through it pretty quick, but 11 ways that you can keep yourself accountable and that you can have that issue of accountability in your life to stay above reproach. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, it was a benefit to you and your leadership, wherever God has you leading. Uh, we'll be back next month for another great episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. See you later. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.